0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The World of Percy Jackson. In this episode, we're going to read chapters 40 to 41, and in the previous episode, we read chapters 38 to 39. And before we go into the recap of the previous episode, by the way, if you haven't checked that out, I highly just suggest you te- check that out. That was a crazy chapter, and it's going to just continue from, now- from here on out. So this wild ride is going to be quite fascinating so i'm gonna actually uh do some shout outs at the end of this episode so stay tuned until the end of the episode and if you guys don't hear your name or you guys want to be shout want to also have me shout out your name as well um go ahead and check out spotify they have this q and a section um where you can directly ask questions, give feedback, just, um, provide, uh, anything. So if you want to have your name shout out, uh, I highly just suggest you go to Spotify and go to the Q and A section and you will be able to ask for your name to be shouted out. And I will be try I will try my best to shout out your name. So stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear the shout outs and, yeah let's go now let's go into the recap well last episode was awesome in terms of intensity and just the amount of action so basically we are now focusing on leo frank and hazel's part of the journey um anabes is right now trying to battle arachne as we learned a few chapters ago and no update as of as of so far regards to how, how Annabeth is doing really against her battle with her battle against Arachne, but I'm sure we'll find out soon enough. And essentially, Leo, Frank, and Hazel all went down underground because now they're completing their part of the quest, which is to find Nico. And unfortunately, they were followed by some eidolons and. Frank and Hazel were put into the this really really tight spot where um, it's it was now it was the pressure was on Leo in order to be able to save them, and he had now used uh, the fortune cookie that Nemesis had provided him in order to solve one of um, the one of the greatest innovators known, uh, Archimedes. Uh, he had left some of his inventions behind, and Leo, in order to be able to use it he decided that it would be best to use Nemesis's fortune cookie. So now we're going to see how, the, how that's going to go and whether Leo will be able to defeat these Eidolons for good. So now we're going to read chapter 40, Leo. Leo unfurled a little strip of paper. It read, That's your request? Seriously? Over. On the back, the paper said, Your lucky numbers are 12 Jupiter Orion Delta 3 Theta Omega. Wreck vengeance upon Gaia, Leo Valdez. With trembling fingers, Leo turned the rings. Outside the gates, Wolf had growled in frustration. If friends do not matter to you, perhaps you need more incentive. Perhaps I should destroy these scrolls instead. Priceless works by Archimedes. The last ring clicked into place. The sphere hummed with power. Leo ran his hands along the surface, sensing tiny buttons and levers awaiting his commands. Magical and electrical pulses coursed via the celestial bronze cables and surged through the entire room. Leo had never played in a musical instrument, but he imagined it must be like this, knowing each key or note so well that you didn't really think about what your hands were doing. You just concentrated on the kind of sound you wanted to create. He started small. He focused on one reason reasonably intact gold sphere down in the main room. The gold sphere shuddered it grew a tripod of legs and clattered over to the taser ball. A tiny circular saw popped out of the gold sphere's head and it began cutting into the taser ball's brain. Leo tried to activate another orb. This one burst into a small mushroom cloud of bronze dust and smoke. Oops, he muttered. Sorry, Archimedes. What are you doing? Wolfed demanded. Stop your foolishness and surrender. Oh, yes, I surrender, Leo said. I'm totally surrendering. He tried to take control of a third orb. That one broke too. Leo felt bad about ruining all these ancient inventions, but this was life or death. Frank had accused him of caring more for machines than people, but if it came down to saving old spheres or his friends, there was no choice. The fourth try went better. A ruby encrusted orb popped its top and helicopter blades unfolded. Leo was glad Buford the table wasn't here. He would have fallen in love. The ruby orb spun into the air and sailed straight for the cubby holes. Thin golden arms extended from its middle and snapped up the precious scroll, scroll cases. Enough! Wolfhead yelled. I will destroy the- It turned and time to see the ruby sphere take off with the scrolls. It zipped across the room and hovered in the far corner. What? Wolfhead cried. Kill the prisoners! He must have been talking to the taser ball. Unfortunately, Taser Ball was in no shape to comply. Leo's gold sphere was sitting on top of its sod open head, picking through its gears and wires like it was scooping out a pumpkin. Thank the gods, Hazel and Frank began to stir. <laughs> Wolfhead gestured to Lionhead at the opposite gate. Come! We will destroy the demigods ourselves! I don't think so, guys. Leo turned toward Lionhead. His hands worked the control sphere and he felt a shock travel through the floor. Lionhead shuddered and lowered his sword. Leo grinned. Hey, you're in Leo world now. Lionhead turned and stormed down the stairs. Instead of advancing on Hazel and Leo, he marched up the opposite stairs and faced his comrade. What are you doing? Wolfhead demanded. We have to... Blong. Lionhead slammed his shield into Wolfhead's chest. He smashed the pommel of his sword into his comrade's helmet, so Wolfhead became flat, deformed, not very happy, Wolfhead. Stop that! that! Wolfhead demanded. I cannot, Lion Held Head wailed. Leo was getting the hang of it now. He commanded both suits of armor to drop their swords and shields and slap each other repeatedly. Valdez, called Wolfhead in a warbling voice, you will die for this. Yeah, Leo called out. Who's possessing who now, Casper? The machine men tumbled down the stairs, and Leo forced them to jitterbug like 1920s flappers. The joints began smoking, the other spheres around the room began to pop. Too much energy was surging through an ancient system. The control sphere in Leo's hand grew uncomfortably warm. ''Frank!'' ''Hazel!'' Leo shouted. ''Take cover!'' His friends were still dazed, staring in amazement at the jitterbugging metal guys, but they got his warning. Frank pulled Hazel under the nearest table and shielded her with his body. One last twist of the sphere and Leo sent a massive jolt through the system. The armored warriors blew apart. Rods, pistons, and bronze shards flew everywhere. On all the tables, spheres popped like hot soda cans. Leo's gold sphere pro broke, froze. His flying ruby orb dropped to the floor with the scroll cases. The room was suddenly quiet except for a few random sparks and sizzles. The air smelled like burning car engines. Leo raced down the stairs and found Frank and Hazel safe under their table. He had never been so happy to see those two hugging. You're alive, he said. Hazel's left eye twitched, maybe from the taser shock. Otherwise, she looked okay. Uh, what exactly happened? Archimedes came through, Leo said. Just enough power left in those old machines for one final show. Once I had the access code, it was easy. He batted the control sphere, which was steaming in a bad way. Leo didn't know if it could be fixed, but at the moment he was too relieved to care. The Eidolons, Frank said. Are they gone? Leo grinned. My last command overloaded their kill switches, basically locked down all their circuits, and melted their cores. In English, Frank asked. I dropped the Eidolons inside the wiring. Leo said, then I melted them. They won't be bothering anyone again. Leo helped his friends to their feet. You saved us, Frank said. Don't sound so surprised. Leo glanced around the destroyed workshop. Too bad all this stuff got wrecked, but at least I salvaged the scrolls. If I can get them back to Camp half maybe I can learn how to recreate Archimedes' inventions. Hazel rubbed the side of her head. But I don't understand. Where is Nico? That tunnel was supposed to lead us to Nico. Leo had forgotten why they'd come down here in the first place. Nico obviously wasn't here. The place was a dead end. So why? Oh. He felt like there was a buzzsaw sphere on his own head, pulling out his wires and gears. Hazel, how exactly were you tracking Nico? I mean, could you just sense him nearby because he was your brother? She frowned, still looking a bit wobbly from her electric shock treatment. Not... Not totally. Sometimes I can tell when he's close, but like I said, Rome is so confusing. So much interference because of all the tunnels and caves. You tracked him with your metal-finding senses, Leo guessed. His sword? She blinked. How did you know? You'd better come here. He led Hazel Hazel and Frank up to the control room and pointed to the black sword. Oh. Oh, no. Hazel would have collapsed if Frank hadn't caught her. But that's impossible. Nico's sword was with him in the bronze jar. Percy saw it in his dream. Either the dream was wrong, Leo said, or the giants moved the sword here as a decoy. So this was a trap, Frank said. We were lured here. "'But why?' Hazel cried, "'Where's my brother?' "'A hissing sound filled the control booth. "'At first, Leo thought the Eidolons were back. "'Then he realized the bronze mirror on the table was steaming. "'Ah, my poor demigods.' "'The sleeping face of Gaia appeared in the mirror. "'As usual, she spoke without moving her mouth, "'which could only have been creepier if she had a ventriloquism puppet. "'Leo hated those things. "'You had your choice.' Gaia said. Her voice echoed through the room. It seemed to be coming not just from the mirror, but from the stone walls as well. Leo realized she was all around them. Of course, they were in the earth. They'd gone to all the trouble of building the Argo Seconds so they could travel by sea and air, and they'd ended up in the earth anyway. I offered salvation to all of you, Gaia said. You could have turned back. Now, it is too late. You've come to the ancient lands where I am strongest, where I will wake Leo pulled a hammer from his tool belt. He whacked the mirror. Being metal, it just quivered like a tea tray, but it felt good to smash Gaia in the nose. In case you haven't noticed, Dirtface, he said, your little ambush failed. Your three Eidolons got melted in bronze and we're fine. Gaia laughed softly. (laughs) Oh, my sweet Leo. You three have been separated from your friends. (coughs) That was the whole point. The workshop door slammed shut. You are trapped in my embrace, Gaia said. <coughs> Sorry, Gaia said. Meanwhile, Annabeth Chase faces her death alone, terrified and crippled, at the hands of her mother's greatest enemy. The image in the mirror changed. Leo saw Annabeth sprawled on the floor of a dark cavern, holding up her bronze knife as if warding off a monster. Her face was gaunt, her leg was wrapped up in some sort of splint. Leo couldn't see what she was looking at, but it was obviously something horrible. He wanted to believe the image was a lie, but he had a bad feeling it was real. And it was happening right now. The others, Gaia said, Jason Grace, Piper McLean, and my dear friend Percy Jackson, they will perish within minutes. The scene changed again. Percy was holding Riptide, leading Jason and Piper down a spiral staircase into the darkness. Their powers will betray them. Gaia said, they will die in their own elements. I almost hoped they would survive. They would have made a better sacrifice, but alas, Hazel and Frank, you will have to do. My minions will collect you shortly and bring you to the ancient place. Your blood will awaken me at last. Until then, I will allow you to watch your friends perish. Please, enjoy this last glimpse of your failed quest. Leo couldn't stand it. His hands glowed white hot. Hazel and Frank scrambled back as he pressed his palm against the mirror and melted into a puddle of bronze goo. The voice of Gaia went silent. Leo could only hear the roar of blood in his ears. He took a shaky breath. Sorry, he told his friends. She was getting annoying. What do we do? Frank asked. We have to get out and help the others. Leo scanned the workshop, now littered with smoking pieces of broken spheres. His friends still needed him. This was still a show. As long as he had his tool belt, Leo Valdez wasn't going to sit around helplessly watching the demigod Death Channel. I've got an idea, he said, but it's going to take all three of us. He started telling them the plan. And that's the end of chapter 40. Well, this was certainly a very fascinating chapter. I think one of potentially the best moments of this chapter was when Leo just was able to control Lionhead. I think that was probably one of the best moves I've seen and it was also a really, really smart move because plod- pitting your own enemy your own allies against you you know it worked out, and they were he not he was able to defeat both the monsters, so I think that this was a definitely a smart move done by leo, and Unfortunately, I do hope that Gaia is just creating this facade to scare Leo, Frank and Hazel, and that really they're not going to suffer like she predicts they will. Because you know, I think they have that potential. The you know, Annabeth, Percy, Piper, and Jason. I don't think. I hope that they won't really. Nothing will really happen to them. That in a way that we have. That you know, there are there is some worry that starts to appear. So we'll have to see after we read the next chapter, which will be available right after this break. So don't go anywhere. Maybe take a five minute break maybe grab a snack as we continue to journey with the rest uh, with the seven Olympian, seven demigods and their quest against Gaia. And we're back from the ads. And now we're going to read chapter 41, this time from Piper's perspective. So now we're moving on to a different part of the journey to see what exactly is, ha- is going to happen. Chapter 41, Piper. Piper tried to make the best of the situation. Once she and Jason had gotten tired of pacing the deck, listening to Coach Hedge sing, Old MacDonald, with weapons instead of animals, they decided to have a picnic in the park. Hedge grudgingly agreed. Stay where I can see you. "'What are we, kids?' Jason asked. Hedge snorted. (sighs) "'Kids are baby goats. They're cute, and they have redeeming social value. You are definitely not kids.' They spread their blanket under a willow tree next to a pond. Piper turned over a cornucopia and spilled out an entire meal. Neatly wrapped sandwiches, canned drinks, fresh fruit, and for some reason a birthday cake with purple icing and candles already lit. She frowned. "'Is it someone's birthday?' Jason winced. I wasn't gonna say anything. Jason! There's too much going on, he said. And honestly, before last month, I didn't even know when my birthday was. Talia told me the last time she was at camp. Piper wondered what that would be like, not even knowing the day you were born. Jason had been given to Lupa the wolf when he was only two years old. He'd never really known his mortal mom. He'd only been reunited with his sister last winter. July first, Piper said. The Kalens of July. Yeah, Jason smirked. The Romans would find that auspicious. The first day of the month named for Julius Caesar, Juno's sacred day. Yippee. Piper didn't want to push it or make a, ce- a celebration if he didn't feel like celebrating. Sixteen? She asked. He nodded. Oh boy, I can get my driver's license. Piper laughed jason had killed so many monsters and saved the world so many times that the idea of him sweating a driving test seemed ridiculous she pictured him behind the wheel of some old lincoln with a student driver sign on top and a grumpy teacher in the passenger seat with an emergency brake pedal well she urged blow out the candles jason did piper wondered if he'd made a wish hopefully that he and piper would survive this quest and stay together forever She decided not to ask him. She didn't want to jinx that wish, and she definitely didn't want to find out what he'd wished for something different. Since they left the Pillars of Hercules yesterday evening, Jason had seemed distracted. Piper couldn't blame him. Hercules had been a pretty huge disappointment as a big brother, and the old river god Ackless had said some unflattering things about the Sons of Jupiter. Piper stared at the cornucopia. She wondered if Ackless was getting used to having no horns at all. She hoped so. Sure, she, she had try, he had tried to kill them, but Piper still felt bad for the old god. She didn't understand how such a lonely, depressed spirit could produce a horn of plenty that shot pi- out pineapples and birthday cakes. Could it be that the cornucopia had drained all the goodness out of him? Maybe now the horn that the horn was gone, Ackless would be able to hit, fill up with some happiness and keep it for himself. She also kept thinking about Ackless' advice. If you had made it to Rome, the story of the flood would have served you better. She knew the story he was talking about. She just didn't understand how it would help. Jason plucked an extinguished candle from his cake. I've been thinking... That snapped Piper back to the present. Coming from your boyfriend, I've been thinking... Was a kind of a scary line. About? She asked. Camp Jupiter, he said. All the years I trained there, we were always pushing teamwork, working as a unit. I thought I understood what that meant. But honestly... I was always the leader even when i was younger the son of jupiter piper said most powerful kid in the legion you were the star jason looked uncomfortable but he didn't deny it being in this crew of seven i'm not sure what to do i'm not used to being one of so many well equals i feel like i'm failing piper took his hand you're not failing it sure felt that way when chrysia attacked Jason said, i spend spent most of this trip knocked out and helpless. Come on, she chided. Being a hero doesn't mean you're invincible. It just means that you're brave enough to stand up and do what's needed. And what if I don't know what's needed? That's what your friends are for. We've all got different strengths. Together, we'll figure it out. Jason studied her. Piper wasn't sure that he brought what bought what he, she was saying, but she was glad he could confide in her. She liked that he had a little self-doubt. He didn't succeed all the time. He didn't think the universe owed him an apology whenever something went wrong. Unlike another son of the sky god he- he- she'd recently met. Hercules was a jerk, he said, as if reading her thoughts. I never want to be like that, but I wouldn't have had the courage to stand up to him without your taking the lead. You were the hero that time. We can take turns, she suggested. I don't deserve you. You're not allowed to say that. Why not? It's a breakup line, unless you're breaking up. Jason leaned over and kissed her. The colors of the Roman afternoon suddenly seemed sharper, as if the world had switched to high definition. No breakups, he promised. I may have busted my head a few times, but I'm not that stupid. Good, she said. How about that cake? Her voice faltered. Percy Jackson was running toward them, and Piper could tell his expression that he brought bad news. They gathered on deck so that Coach Hedge could hear the story. When Percy was done, Piper still couldn't believe it. So Annabeth was kidnapped on a motor scooter, she summed up, by Gregory Peck and Audrey Hepburn. Not kidnapped, exactly, Percy said, but I've got this bad feeling. He took a deep breath like he was trying to f- hard not to figure out, freak out. Anyway, she's, she's gone. Maybe I shouldn't have let her, but you had to, Piper said, You knew she had to go alone. Besides, Annabeth is tough and smart. She'll be fine. Piper put some charm speak in her voice, which maybe wasn't cool, but Percy needed to be able to focus. If they went into battle, Annabeth wouldn't want him getting hurt because he was too distracted about her. His shoulders relaxed a little. Maybe you're right. Anyway, Gregory- I mean, Tiberius said we had less time to rescue Nico than we thought. Hazel and the guys aren't back yet? Piper checked the time on the helm control. She hadn't realized how late it was getting. It's two in the afternoon. We said three o'clock for a rendezvous. At the latest, Jason said. Percy pointed at Piper's dagger. has said you could find Nico's location. You know, with that. Piper bit her, bit her lip. The last thing she wanted to do was check a top for more terrifying images. I've tried, she said. The dagger doesn't always show what I want to see. In fact, it hardly ever does. Please, Percy said, try again. He pleaded with those sea green eyes like a cute baby seal that needed help. Piper wondered how Annabeth ever won an argument with this guy. Fine, she sighed and drew her dagger. While you're at it, said Coach Head, see if you can get the latest baseball scores. Italians don't cover baseball worth of beans. Shh. Piper studied the bronze blade. The light shimmered. She saw a loft apartment filled with Roman demigods. A dozen of them stood around a dining table as Octavian talked and pointed to a big map. Raina paced next to the windows, gazing down at Central Park. "'That's not good,' Jason muttered. "'They've already set up a forward base in Manhattan.' "'And that map shows Long Island,' Percy said. "'They're scouting the territory,' Jason guessed, discussing invasion routes. Piper did not want to see that. She concentrated harder. Light rippled across the blade." She saw ruins, a few crumbling walls, a single column, a stone floor covered with moss and dead vines, all clustered on a grassy hillside dotted with pine trees. I was just there, Percy said. That's in the old form. The view zoomed in. On one side of the stone floor, a set of stairs had been excavated, leading down to a modern iron gate with a padlock. The blade's image zoomed straight through the doorway, down a spiral stairwell, stairwell, and into a dark cylindrical chamber like the inside of a grain silo. Piper dropped the blade. What's wrong? Jason asked. It was showing us something. Piper felt the boat was back on the ocean, rocking under her feet. We can't go there. Percy frowned. Piper, Nico is dying. We've got to find him, not to mention Rome is about to get destroyed. Her voice wouldn't work. She'd kept that vision of the circular room to herself for so long, now she found it impossible to talk about. She had a horrible feeling, feeling that explaining it to Percy and Jason wouldn't change anything. She couldn't stop what was about to happen. She picked up the knife again. Its hilt seemed colder than usual. She forced herself to look at the blade. She saw two giants in gladiator armor sitting on oversized praetor's chairs. The giants toasted each other with golden goblets as if they'd just won won an important fight. Between them stood a large, large bronze jar. The vision zoomed in again. Inside the jar, Nico D'Angelo was curled in a ball, no longer moving, all the pomegranate seeds eaten. We're too late, Jason said. No, Percy said, no, I can't believe that. Maybe he's gone into a deeper trance to buy time. We have to hurry. The blade surface went dark. Piper slipped it, slipped it back into its sheath, trying to keep her hands from shaking. She hoped that Percy was right and Nico was still alive. On the other hand, she didn't see how that image connected with the vision of the drowning group. Maybe the Giants were toasting each other because she and and Percy and Jason were dead. We should wait for the others, she said. Hazel, Frank, and Leo should be back soon. We can't wait, Percy insisted. Coach S grunted. Eh, it's, too, it's just two Giants. If you guys want, I can take them. Uh, Coach, Jason said, that's a great offer, but we need you to man the ship or go to the ship, whatever. Hedge scowled. Unless you three have all the fun? Percy gripped the satyr's arms. Hazel and the others need you here. When they get back, they'll need your leadership. You're their rock. Yeah, Jason managed to keep a straight face. Leo always says you're his rock. You can tell them where we've gone and bring the ship around to meet us at the forum. And here, Piper and Cotopterus and put in Coach Hedge's hands. The satyr's eyes widened. A demigod was never supposed to leave her weapon behind, but Piper was fed up with evil visions. She'd rather face her death without any more previews. "'Keep an eye on us with the blade,' she suggested. "'And you can check the baseball scores.' That sealed the deal. Hedge nodded nodded grimly, prepared to do his part for the quest. "'All right,' he said. "'But if any giants come this way, feel free to blast them,' Jason said. "'What about annoying tourists?' "'No!' they all said in unison. Bah, fine, just don't take too long or I'm coming after you with ballistic blazing. And that's the end of chapter 41. Well, this chapter definitely has a fair share of a wide mixture of emotions. And I definitely say that I really do hope Nico gets saved because I think for the sake of Hazel and the sake of... For the sake of everybody, but more specifically the sake of Hazel... Because Nico's probably the only family that Hazel has now. Other than Hades. Slash Pluto. And I think... I don't think she would be able to bear it if, you know, he was gone as well. So, I think just for the sake of Hazel, I really, really do hope that he survives. And I really, really do hope that he's rescued. And I think that other than that, I genuinely think i'm i'm really proud to see jason and piper's relationship growing in all i think you know because of jason's amnesia and everything it kind of put jason and piper's relationship back at square one because even if jason remembers everything it kind of still put them in this awkward situation where they were kind of starting from the first stages of dating And I think as they start spending more and more time throughout this quest, they're really learning about each other. And I think that bond between them is really increasing. So, yeah, that was a great chapter. Uh, Next next week, we'll read chapters 42 to 43. And continue seeing how exactly, or who exactly, which group is going to reach Nico first. Is it going to be Hazel, Leo, and Frank? Or Piper, Jason, and Percy? So, yeah, stay tuned for next week. And, yep. And before we go, uh, I would just like to do some shout-outs that uh, just would like to do. Um, Pineapple85, uh, Samantha, Walker Bradford, Lego, and Plupus1, which I would like to say, happy early birthday. So that concludes this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it just as much as I did reading it. And if you guys would like to show, show some extra support, please go to the Patreon that is linked in the description of my podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. I, I would really appreciate it. But again, it is totally optional, so no pressure. And I just listening to this podcast is also, I appreciate it a lot as well. So yeah, uh, until next week, I hope you guys stay safe And stay out of boredom.